0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jennifer Becerra. Summer softball continues, and so do we. So however you got here today, whether it was an audio podcast platform like Apple, Spotify, et cetera, or watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe and rate if you haven't yet. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball, That's B-L-E-A-V. Click the link in our bio on either page or go to shop.believe.com to purchase merch. Three different shirts for you for some of our favorite segments, covering our bases, safer out, and of course, catch you soon. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll be covering our bases. I'll give you some news and call-outs from around the softball world. Then we'll be heading into today's interview with Courtney Gano. She has played at the highest level. She's now coaching at the highest level, and she continues to be a mom at the highest level. So I am super excited for this one. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs, Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and car games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. First, where we're going to start today is international softball. Some takeaways that I saw from the WBSC World Cup Group A event in Dublin. So first of all, the the results. USA and Australia have qualified for the World Cup in Italy 2024. Hannah Flippin from Team USA got most outstanding player of the tournament. Like those are some of the, you know, on paper resume type things that you can look at. But some takeaways in addition to that that I thought were interesting. I want to share with you. So first, just looking at the USA talent, you know, it struck me that in the final game that they played against Great Britain when they sealed the deal to win the tournament and to to punch their ticket to the World Cup. The entire infield is made up of Pac-12 products. As I'm watching it, you got Hannah Flippin over at third base from Utah. You got Sis Bates and Ali Aguilar up the middle, middle infield from UW. Maya Brady was playing first base from UCLA, and then Ali Carter in the circle as well. In addition to that. From UCLA but then I I continued to dig a little bit and I was like wow you know what the entire outfield was actually made up of the SEC Kiki Malloy was in left field Aaliyah Andrews in center field Aubrey Leach in right field and then Savannah Jaquish behind the plate so you have left and right your Tennessee volunteers and then you have in center field obviously and behind the dish LSU so just a huge shout out to those two programs representing as well Out of the SEC. And then, yes, we can't forget the last person in the starting lineup, Jocelyn Allo, the DP. Obviously a Big 12 product, although soon to be that program will be in the SEC as well. But just wanted to give that call out in terms of where the talent's coming from for the US team. But I also want to talk about Great Britain because I feel like they really made a statement. They did not qualify in the end in the top two spots. They lost to Australia at the very end, but they made a statement. They got third place overall. Georgina Corrick specifically really stood out. She led the tournament in the circle in terms of innings pitched and strikeouts, but also contributed offensively, including a dinger. And, you know, it just kind of is that flashback to her college career at USF. And we love seeing pitchers who hit. You know I love that. But it went a little bit off the rails at the end in that Australia game. There were some walks, there were some mistakes. But I think the exposure that this team and this program and this country representing softball was huge. I mean, I don't think, if we're honest, a lot of people even knew that Great Britain had a team. And now more people do. And that's a win in and of itself. And again, I said this last week, but credit to the leadership of head coach Tara Henry coming from that UCLA background and softball here in the States. But, you know, they got wins against Australia earlier on, Chinese Taipei, they merced Ireland. Right. And I'll show you in Chinese Taipei team are, are top 10 world ranked teams. Right. So it may have come off as quote unquote upsets to a lot of people because Great Britain currently does not sit in the top 10 with the world rankings. But I think to them, it wasn't. And we see that kind of story play out a lot with the quote unquote underdogs, I think, in college softball. And I think um, Great Britain's going to be a bit of a surprise to some people, but not to themselves on the international stage. They still have a chance too for wild card qualification when the other stages are done leading up to the World Cup. So that brings me to what's next. So Group A included Ireland, USA, Australia, Great Britain, Chinese Taipei, and Botswana. That is now complete. Right now, literally, Group B is playing in Spain. Obviously, includes Spain, the host country, China, Puerto Rico, Cuba, South Africa, and the Netherlands. Group C is going to be playing in Italy next week, obviously, including the host country, Italy, Canada, Japan, the Philippines, New Zealand, and Venezuela. Something that was pretty cool that came out of this is realizing that this is the first time we're including 18 different countries throughout the World Cup stages. You know, this is a two-year deal, right? We're playing in 2023 to qualify for 2024. And every single continent outside of Antarctica is represented. So six out of seven continents playing softball. I think that's pretty cool. And Coach Tar actually has been tweeting out some interesting insight. I think good insight into the growth of the international softball scene, as well as what are the goals from here. So I recommend actually looking at some of her recent tweets. But one thing she pointed out, too, is, you know, 2024, we're going to have eight teams in that World Cup. Women's soccer has up to 32 teams, for example. So that is just sort of a marker for where we're trying to get. We'd love to grow to be that big. And the fact that Ireland was hosting, though, I mean, you look at it, all of these groups are being hosted in Europe. I mean, Ireland hosting Group A, right? Spain Group B, Italy Group C. I think that says something. Again, the European growth, I mentioned this last week, too, is so huge for our sport and for future Olympics, I believe. And, you know, there were some weather issues with rain. But let's be honest, that happens a lot of places. We talked about that with Sammy Netling last week. I mean, even in the Big Ten, they're not the only ones With weather delays, right? So, yes, that happened a little bit there. And they're playing on a soccer field or football uh, in Europe. The conditions were a little bit different in that case. You know, you're playing on a different type of turf. There was like basically what at least Americans would call this like mini castle in the background. So, the skyline was pretty cool from where they were playing. Ultimately, of course, like the more softball fields we can have built, especially in these European countries that are used all the time the better. But I think the the big takeaway here for what's next is that we're making moves internationally. And I think we have some good people in place like coach Tar to help make that happen. Second, college softball in the summer. There are a lot of things going on. You know, first of all, we've been talking about some of the big transfers. Every week in in this show, Taryn Kern has made her decision. She is going to Stanford. Big 10 player of the year and freshman of the year top three finalist for National Freshman of the Year. And she ended up being the number two overall in the NCAA in terms of home runs, only to Kiki Malloy, who, by the way, got to play more games going to the World Series. So just some background on how big of a get this is for Stanford. In addition to just her talent individually, the fact that what they're losing, Emily Young, the shortstop, Sydney Steele, the third baseman, and Emily Schultz, their starters at the World Series, are all leaving, and Taryn Kern is an infielder. In addition to that, something that people have pointed at a lot is not a ton of power. They're not leaving the yard a lot, the Stanford offense. Well, Taryn Kern had almost as many home runs herself in 2023 as the entire Stanford offense. So that is going to bring some of that pop and that threat to this lineup. Again, a Bay Area kid too. You know, She's from San Jose. She's coming home, and she actually mentioned that in her statement, as to you know what pushed her to make this decision and why Stanford felt like home, and we've talked about that trend. We saw that with Jordy Ball going to Nebraska too. You know, these are some women who are deciding to be closer to home, closer to family, where they grew up. I also have to talk about this: how difficult it is to get into Stanford. Like the Stanford Daily article that I read recently, it talked about the class of 2026 and their process of admissions. And this would be Taryn Kern's peers, right? She's class of 2026 it was the lowest undergrad acceptance rate in university history. It was 3.68%. The only university who was lower was Harvard. So keep that into consideration. That's for undergrads coming in. But then just doing a quick kind of Google search, um, thinking about Stanford's transfer acceptance rate specifically, the first number that you see pops up is 1.7%. And that's using fall 2021 as an example. So (laughs) just some numbers (laughs) and some context To put into perspective, you know, why the transfer portal hasn't been a consistent lever that Stanford has pulled, but I have to give the credit to this coaching staff for finding the right fit. You have to be good at recruiting to be at a place like Stanford and to be able to recognize talent, not just coming up through the ranks in the travel ball stage, but also existing talent on the landscape is huge. It's part of how the game is today. So, and she said it herself, Jessica Allister said she felt like Kern was also a fit in the clubhouse. And at a place like Stanford, academics are a part of that. And so to find that fit and and make it happen, it's big moves, big moves for that coaching staff. So it's no surprise that when Extra Inning Softball announced the National Coaches of the Year this week, Jessica Alistair and Tori Nyberg from Stanford won Coach of the Year and Assistant Coach of the Year, respectively. We've gone over sort of the, the season that Stanford had this year. If you've all been following, you know something I've covered in depth But, you know, getting the first Women's College World Series appearance in 19 years, the final ranking at number three nationally, you know, just shy of the championship series at the World Series. And then the staff ERA under Tori Nyberg as the pitching coach being 1.52. And then you have All-American Elena Votter, National Freshman of the Year, Nigeri Kennedy, and All-Pac 12-13 pitcher Reagan Krause a part of that. That's just the high level. But I think it's also telling how many players I've actually seen be so excited about this news and spreading the news, sharing it on social media and saying like, yep, everyone's finding out what we already knew. I think that part is also telling about leadership. But another thing I like is the recognition for mid-majors. So the coach of the year, mid-major coach of the year was Jenny Parsons from Central Arkansas. Let's not forget the, the season they had. You know, They beat Arkansas actually for the first time going into Fayetteville this year and they were top 20 RPI top 25 rankings at different times throughout the season. A sun champions impressive pitching that they brought to the table including by the way Kayla Beaver who is now transferring to Alabama for next season. So kudos to Jenny Parsons for that recognition. The Mid-Major Assistant Coach of the Year being Helen Pena from Middle Tennessee. She was the only assistant coach on the staff for much of the season. She was the pitching coach. She was the third base coach at times. And they ended up being the Conference USA tournament champions. And let's not forget, by the way, speaking of Central Arkansas, they beat them twice and they beat Alabama once in the Tuscaloosa Regional. So there was a lot going on there to start off postseason this season. But I think I just appreciate the spotlight outside of the Power Five because there's so much talent. I think that's obvious seeing that Beaver is going from Central Arkansas to Alabama. That's recognized clearly by multiple people, including the coaches. And a lot of coaching moves happening too. Danielle O'Toole is going to Cal. She is going to be their pitching coach, and I'm so excited for the Bears because she they're get, they're getting a legit pitching coach. I mean, this is somebody who led Fullerton to have like a top 10 staff ERA in the country, and they did play some tough teams too. You know, she's been a facilitator at Athletes Unlimited. She obviously played in it, Olympian in the circle, She's back in the pack. She knows what it's like to be in that environment as well. I mean, just such a huge hire for Chelsea Spencer. And I think Cal's already been on the rise. They were back in the postseason this past year. This is only going to boost them further. And then Danielle Gibson returning to Arkansas. You know, she's an alum. You all know that I love when alums go back home. She's known for the home run cycle that she hit, literally home run cycle. Grand slam, three run, two run solo when she was there in college. And I think it's just such a cool legacy and something that's indescribable to go back to. Another one I want to call out is Jennifer Brundage being promoted to associate head coach at Michigan. This to me speaks to also the idea of development in-house, right? She's been there 25 years, 20 or so all Americans, over 10 Big Ten pitchers of the year under her tutelage. She's an Olympic gold medalist, you know, like this she's the real deal. And she is one of those people that Has been a huge part of softball and that more people should know her name to be honest And also one of the things she she mentioned uh, in tweeting after the news came out is all the things that will stay the same You know, it's a new title, but she said she had the same mission, but she mentioned bus karaoke She said she's been crushing it and I need to know more So maybe we have to find out a little bit maybe get her on the show to learn more about that third expansion and moves being made in terms of summer college softball as well. The American collegiate league is expanding. So this is a network of summer college softball leagues in different regions throughout the U S Florida Gulf coast league, which we've covered on this show before music city collegiate league in Nashville, which we've mentioned here and there. And now they're actually extending to a couple more leagues that were recently announced. So the golden Bay collegiate league in Southern California, obviously for personal reasons, That's where I'm from. You know, I'm out here in California. I'm very, very excited for that. In addition to that, they just announced the Carolina Patriot Collegiate League in North Carolina coming as well. And more, I think, are going to be added. These are leagues that, by the way, have some of the top college softball talent competing in the offseason. And I've said before on the show how summer ball helped me in my college career to get better and to get those reps and all that sort of thing, but also to have fun just from like a a mental and emotional side of things as well. And I was just in different women's leagues and tournaments back in the day. Shout out to the Scorpions in Southern California. But this is actually a lot more structured and more invested in. And I think when you invest, you'll get the best. So I'm excited to see that continue. And we're going to bring it home with the Golden Mike Awards. Speaking of extra inning softball earlier, they also announced nominees – for the 2023 Golden Mike Awards, recognizing college softball broadcasters throughout the country. A dozen different believers were nominated for various categories. I am so incredibly proud. Like, I'll list them off, too, just so you have that context. ESPN's Jessica Mendoza, Amanda Scarborough, Danielle Laurie, The SEC Network's Francesca Inea and Tori Vidalis. Longhorn Network's Kat Osterman. My Pac-12 Network colleagues, Kenzie Fowler and Natasha Watley, Last week's guest, Sammy Netling from the Big Ten Network. And then local broadcasters, Eric Lopez from UCF and Gray Robertson from Alabama. I am so, so proud of this group. It's such a great group of talent and just an honor to have had them on the show. And I will say I'm also grateful to be nominated myself in two different categories. This is the second year that they've had these awards and the second time that I've, I've had this feeling, which is pretty cool. You know, this year it is for Utility Player of the Year, which is apparently for multiple teams and multiple sports. So for me, some of you know, I I cover Stanford baseball as well as Cal softball, not just Stanford softball, the Pac-12 as a whole, et cetera. And I think versatility was really important to me as a player. And same goes for my work now. So in that sense, it, it really means a lot to me. Best local booth also for our work at Stanford with my partner, Troy Clarity. He has always been fantastic to work with. He also hosts a Believe podcast, by the way, called The Treecast about Stanford. Highly recommend you listen into that. So that's another one that's super special. And I got to say thank you to Pac-12 Network and Stanford Athletics for the continued opportunities. Cannot wait until 2024. To support all of us and softball broadcasting in general, really, vote right now at www.goldenmikeawards.com slash vote. So it's goldenmikeawards.com slash vote. Do it now and support these amazing people. But someone else who's actually new to this Believer family now is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is an assistant coach at Washington, newly retired pro player, most recently with Athletes Unlimited, former Team USA member, all Pac-12 UWM, and badass mom, Courtney Gaino. Courtney, thank you for joining me. I know summer has been crazy. We were just talking about it. So I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am honored to be on with you, Jenna. I'm really excited.
0: I'm super honored to have you. I mean, it's been an incredible career that you've had, too, and I know it's like the very early days of retirement in terms of your playing days. Obviously, you're still in the game, but how is it going so far? It's only been like a few weeks, but how is it?
1: Um, I don't even think I've really had the time to like sit and process it, but I would say this is probably the best transition that I could have. Um, just like getting back into coaching and um, still being in the game. I think that makes the transition easy. It's not like I'm, you know, retiring and then I'm not involved in softball at all. So I'm really thankful for this opportunity and the timing of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. It'd be really hard to kind of go cold Turkey after playing your entire life. So (laughs) I'm glad for that
1: part. And I think that that's, That's the thing, um, like that transition period for athletes, I don't think it's talked about enough, but even after college, post-college, and you're not playing anymore and you kind of like just have to figure it out. It's like, oh, okay, my life completely changes and um, I think it's hard for a lot of people. So I am really blessed with this opportunity to kind of like have, I guess, somewhat of an easier transition.
0: Well, especially at your alma mater. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, which we'll get to in a bit because there's plenty to talk about there. But also just thinking about kind of the the end, quote unquote, of your playing career where, you know, it was kind of a weird day, right, for AU, like the weather, there were issues with like air quality and all that stuff. So you guys didn't get to play as you normally would on that last day. But it seemed like you still had that moment of like putting your cleats on home plate and all that. How was that experience for you?
1: Yeah, definitely not what I expected that day. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly, but it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still felt this sense of peace. And I think it's because I went in um, kind of knowing that it was it was kind of my last games. And I went into every game with that mindset. So I really I felt like I had, you know, I don't know, gave it my all and played like it was my last time. I know it sounds so cliché. But I I didn't need that last game to feel complete with it. I had the people that I loved around me. I had my family there, amazing teammates, and they did a very, very special tribute video um, to my dad and to my career. And honestly, once that was played, I was like, I was just felt so content. I was like, this is this is right. This is the right decision. I feel good about it. And I was so glad that I decided to play this last little season. It was a short season, but it was honestly what I needed.
0: It seems like it was such a great way to end, you know, and I, I'm very happy for you. Like you said that you felt content because that is not the case for a lot of people, right? Like to be able to kind of make that decision on your own and to feel that peace when you do make that transition. So that's really special in itself.
1: Yeah, I agree, Jenna. I think that a lot of times we don't get to choose when we're done with something. And so the fact that I got to have that choice and have that opportunity, I feel it was a really special thing and I'm thankful for it. Um, and I think by playing with that piece and feeling content, it helped me as a player because honestly, these last few years, I haven't been playing up to my own standard. And I, it, and as a competitive athlete, that's very hard to do just emotionally and mentally. It was a hard thing to kind of wrap my head around. Um, I was getting performance anxiety, I just like all these, all sort of th- sorts of things that I did not think that I'd be facing when I'm 28, 29. Um, and you know, I think that's the challenge with sports and that's kind of the beauty of it and the beast of it. Um, we play a sport that is very difficult and is based on failing and I don't think it ever really gets easier. We figure out ways to deal with it, but definitely the last couple years, um, I was not necessarily happy with my performance and it was probably not allowing me to be my best self, even just on the field with my teammates. Um, they could tell that I was always pressing and whatnot. So I got a lot of feedback this season of just like, it is so cool to see you on the field being happy again. And I think that meant, honestly, that meant so much to me because I felt it like, and I was able to play freely and just to feel that, um, I'm so happy that I was able to end like that because it's no fun when you're putting pressure on yourself and whatnot. So it was nice. (laughs)
0: Of course. Playing freely. I feel like we talk about that, right? Like how that's the goal and that's, it just feels better. But it's almost like, it's like, if you know, you know, because if you, if you have had that feeling before, it's like hard to describe, but if you've, if you've done it, it's like, that's all you ever want again, but it's hard to do because you do have to like quiet down all the anxiety. And I definitely went through that in college, for example. So I can totally relate to you there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I remember, um, Danielle O'Toole telling me, when she was going, you know, she got to kind of choose when she was going to retire. And she knew going into um, last season that she was going to be finished and she performed very well. And she was talking about this sense of peace that she felt. And it definitely wasn't relatable at the time, but it did stick with me. And this past season, she was a facilitator and we had just good conversations, conversations, and she kind of said like, it feels good to play peacefully, doesn't it? And and it was a relatable thing for both of us, but I couldn't, I didn't understand that feeling until I got it.
0: Yeah, right, right. And it is funny how then the performance ends up being better anyway, without even like you thinking about that specifically. It's just that you feel better. So then it ends up being better that way.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, when you're playing at this level, You're absolutely physically capable of all these things and you've put in the work and we know that we belong there. And I think it's the mental space and the emotional space that we're in. Um, and I wasn't in a great space for a long time. And I guess I'm thankful for that in a way, because I don't think I'd really be able to appreciate this last season. Um, you know, it's, it's like, you have to see darkness to know that there's light, you know, it's kind of that type of thing. Um, so I am thankful for, you know, the lows and the
0: highs. That's very true. Cause that you're right. Cause how do you appreciate it? If it's all, all, you know, but we, I say this all the time too. We did, you're right. We chose a sport where it's like, we made this really hard on ourselves. <laughs> Why do we do that? But- I, do sport.
1: I don't know, but you know what? I, I, I love softball because I think that this sport teaches you so many things about life. I mean, people ask me like, how did you get through this and this and this? And it was like, it feels like I was kind of prepared through my sport um, because you figure out how to get up after you fall down. You figure out what to do after, if you want to call it failure. Um, And so, yeah, a lot of times I'm like, man, this sport, teaches you so much about life as long as you let it so I I mean I think we we probably did choose a hard sport but also a great one
0: man you just summed it up really nicely like that's that's it that's it right there and it probably helps that you do feel that peace right now with your playing career at least to I know you said you haven't had like that time to process it but it does sound like some things have at least kind of I don't know come together nicely for you which is really nice to hear
1: yeah, I would say so. I think timing is everything. And I mean, these next, what, eight weeks when um, my former teammates are playing AU, like, yeah, I'm sure that I will have some feelings of wanting to be out on the field or like, man, i belong out there with them. I miss them. But you know what? It's time for somebody else to take my place in that spot. And that gives me comfort. And what, what you get out of this is, you know, they like, I mean, this is cliche too, but you know, they say that you're not going to remember the wins and the losses and the home runs and whatnot. What you take is the memories and the people. And that is what I've learned, especially since playing pro ball, is the friendships and the relationships that come out of it. And I am so confident that I do not need to be playing the sport or to be with them all the time to know that we will stay in touch or to know that, um, we're gonna be friends because I have. I'm so thankful for the relationships and the friendships that have come out of this. So I'm just kind of ready to support all my teammates, um, you know, playing or whatever they have in their future, and maybe go out to Chicago and be in the stands and feel how that feels.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Learn how that feels. It'll be. It'll be different, but it'll still be great. And it's what's cool to me too is that you do have that special kind of connection to Chicago in general, like. I mentioned AU, of course, you've talked about it, but the NPF with the Chicago Bandits. You also played overseas at one point, right? So it's like there are so many different parts to your pro career, too. So when you're talking about these relationships, it spans a whole lot of different types of people from different backgrounds and different experiences, which is really cool. Yeah,
1: softball has led me to so many different places. And I'd say what felt like my home base was Chicago. So it's really cool ending in Chicago uh, on this, in the same stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, softball's has taken me all over the world and I've met all different types of people when it comes to, I mean, e- coaches, players, um, anyone who like support staff, like there's so many relationships that have been built that I'm so thankful for. Um, so it has been, um, it's, it's almost feels full circle, like to be able to somewhat like start my pro career in the NPF in Chicago and end it there. It was like, it was really nice.
0: It's so cool to just like side note that that stadium is like the only one that's built just for pro softball too. Like that is just such a cool aspect, I think, in all of this.
1: Yeah, actually a lot for a long time. It was the only um, stadium built for any female sports team. And now there's um, the soccer I think the soccer stadium, I believe. Um, And so now there's two, or it's, I I think maybe it's still being built, but uh, it's, yeah, it's a pretty special, uh, special and unique place to play.
0: Yeah. Well, the fact that you've been able to be a part of those types of things from that to like, yeah. AU from the early days, right? And this was a brand new thing. Like, it's really cool that you've been able to be kind of like there from the ground up in that respect, but then also part of such a storied program like Washington, like you've gotten a little bit of, of both, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I'm really happy with the places that I've been able to be with Washington. It was, um, I mean, it was my only visit and it was my first and only visit. And I committed as soon as I, Like oh well, right before I left here, I committed, and I just knew this was the place. And so it's really, really cool to look back and know that the decisions that I was able to make felt at the time right, and still feel right. So I, you know, that's that's not always the case, but um, these are the places that I was supposed to be and where I belong, and I'm so happy to be back in Washington at UW and have an office here and be able to just continue, you know, to help build what the, what was built before me. So I'm super excited.
0: Well, I loved one of your quotes. I think in when everything was announced that you were moving from director of player development to an assistant coach and you said, I loved playing under coach tar, but I'm even more excited to coach alongside her. What makes that aspect more exciting even than when you played?
1: Well, you see a different side of your coaches when, you know, you're playing under them versus when they're one of your peers and when you're coaching alongside them. Um, I think that coach Tar has made a lot of growth throughout the years and I've been able to witness that. I mean, um, she has helped me be the woman that I am, but it's been really cool just to see like who she is as a, as a human and as a coach. And, um, I have to say probably back, if you would have asked me in my playing days, would I coach here? I wouldn't really have known. Like I love this program, um, but I didn't know if coaching was in the future. Um, but when I got to do player development last year and be alongside her and Glass, it was really, really special. It just felt like home. It felt like family. And I was 100% in to the coaching realm. I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. So I think when you're around people like that, that inspire you and motivate you, um, it really, really helps. So I'm excited to keep learning from her. And, um, I'm really proud of just what she's been doing. You know, she was just with USA team. She's got a lot of stuff on her plate. And hopefully with me, Vic Hayward, Sis Bates, um, Sammy Reynolds as a grad assistant. Um, I think she really has her people around her and we want to take off some of that, you know, some of that stuff off of her plate and just keep helping this program.
0: Huskies everywhere on the staff. I love it so much. I mean, I love when I see not only people who played the game, like, right, continue and then pay it forward, give back, however you want to phrase it. But the fact that you guys are at your alma mater, even Sammy Reynolds, like you said, even as the grad assistant, like there's so many of you, that is such just I, I think a very, very telling thing actually about the program and what Coach Tar has built and really what you all have been a part of while you've been there.
1: Yeah, you hit it on the head. Um, I think it says a lot when you have this many people coming back to their program that they played for. It says a lot about the experience that we had here and just wanting to keep being a part of it. Um, I I think you kind of took the words out of my mouth is exactly what you said, Jenna.
0: Well, that was not my goal, but I'm glad that, um, that that's the case regardless for you and for all of you to have that experience and for for Coach Tarr to have that experience, you know, because anytime I've ever chatted with her like before Pac-12 games or, or even when she came on this show, you know, she seems to care really deeply about all of you. Um, and I think I even saw her tweet about you with your retirement, right? And like was was really supportive there too. And I just, I love to see that. Yeah, she's,
1: she's definitely been a support, um, a huge support system in my life. Um, I remember I used to like, I call her every week. We would do our weekly phone calls when I was in high school um, when we were allowed to do that. And um, just since then, I think that that relationship has built and it's so cool to see this come full circle. So I've definitely felt supported. And I think that you know, especially after becoming a mom, these are the type of environments and places that I want to be is where I feel fully supported and I can be myself. I can bring my son at times. Um, I can, it's just a, feels like a family atmosphere and that's what I need. That's what I got from athletes Unlimited, also. Um, and I think that's actually kind of what helped me figure that out is that I never want to be a part of something where I can't be my full self or have my family around. I, I want the family like atmosphere and this is what that brings. So I, like I've said before, I am really blessed.
0: I remember seeing early on with Athletes Unlimited, so many of the other women posting photos like with your son and like just supporting you as a mom and being very impressed by you too. Just being like, wow, she really is doing so many different things and wearing so many different hats and just still like a a badass and everything, you know, like as a mom, as a player, as a person. And I thought that that support seemed from the outside, just incredible.
1: Absolutely incredible. I came, my first, um, AU season, I kind of came in not knowing what to expect, but I had been living by myself with just Gregory and Gregory's dad was overseas playing basketball. So it was one of those things where like, I didn't feel that support very often. Um, my family was out of state. So I came in like, i was really excited to see my people again. Um, cause a lot of them I played with either in college or with the bandits or played against, um, and the support and the love that I got, I honestly, I could have never expected as much as I got. Um, I would have my teammates. I mean, there was a good amount of teammates that would come over almost every day and just like help with Gregory, watch Gregory, take him to the park, like whatever it may be. Um, It was really, really nice. So yeah, he has, he, Gregory says, I have, what does he say? I have, oh, I have so many aunties. (laughs) I have so many aunties. So it's been really cool because um, he, he feels the love. And I'm really proud that he is around such strong women, like with the UW, with AU, like that's what he sees all the time. And so I think that that's a really special thing for a young boy to see. How and special? To be like,
0: yes. And like how we often talk about, like, obviously how great it is for little girls, right, to see those things. But yeah, what makes it even a little diff, special in a different way for a little boy to see that?
1: Well, I think it's kind of unique, especially in sports when it's pretty male dominated. Um, and I saw this quote from a WNBA player whose um, son was like, oh, that's the that's the male links or something like that. I don't know. I saw that too. I saw that too. And I was like, totally. That's Gregory. Like he might see baseball players and be like, Oh mommy, there's, you know, they're playing softball or whatever it is. But I think it's really cool to just have him around a lot of strong women and to just show him that like we belong in sports. And I think that he can, he has, and will learn a lot about, um, female athletes and the strength that we bring and he's definitely not going to be one of those 12 year old boys commenting um saying that we only hit it 200 feet he better not be
0: <laughs> <laughs> i doubt it i doubt he will be one of those that's i <laughs> yeah he's not going to be a twitter troll if anything he'll i think be in there fighting the trolls you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah he better uh protect us <laughs>
0: That's so cool, though. Like, And it reminds me, actually. So I had Courtney Diefel, the head coach of Arkansas, on the show earlier this season. And she was talking about how her sons, how that's one of her favorite things, too, is that like what they see as like just elite athletes are her players. And um, he didn't know, I guess, playing some video game who Derek Jeter was. That also made me feel old. I don't know about you, but um, so he asked his dad, like, who is that? And his dad was explaining, you know, one of the best to play. And he compared Jeter to Braxton Burnside, who was one of their greatest at Arkansas. He's like, oh, like Braxton. And, and they were like, yeah, bud, you know, just like him and, uh, or just like her. Like he, Jeter is just like her. You're right. And I thought that that was so, I don't know, again, telling. And like what you're saying, it's like this not only is it appreciated, but it's very normal you know, for these little boys to see that, which is huge.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that it's becoming normalized and I think it is a really special thing. I love that story. Um, I know by the way, I've heard amazing things about Courtney, um, through Danielle Gibson. So I think, I mean, she's someone that I look up to just as a mom and as a coach. And so I love that story.
0: Right. I know it's funny. I've told a few people this, and this has happened to me since graduating. Being on this show, talking to all of you, and even like covering players and different programs, I'm like, you know, I know I'm a Stanford alum, but I like so many people from all these teams that like I used to want to beat so badly, <laughs> you know. And so like I love talking to you guys. I I love talking to like Daniel Laurie, like she's been on the show before, and like all that kind of stuff. And Courtney was one of them. She went to Cal, and I was like, I know I'm kind of predisposed to like we should be rivals you know but I'm but I was like I really like you (laughs) and it's nice how that happens
1: it's an interesting thing when you play against someone I mean you can have a totally you can have a very specific idea of who they are um but when you get to talk to them off the field or get to know them it's crazy how your like mind can switch you know um I I definitely learned that after college going to uh play in the NPF especially people that were in the pac 12, like I had this idea of them and I was like very competitive and I was like, kind of probably like not very well liked when, when I was that competitive. And I remember Gwen being like, man, you're the last person I thought that I was going to be friends with. Like, I can't wait to tell all my ducks that you and I are best friends. Um, They're not going to believe it. So it's just so interesting. You can have, you know, a you you can change your perspective for sure when you get to know people off the field.
0: Well yeah, and that ends up being to your point, you're like that's the part that you appreciate, remember the most anyway, you know? But yeah. it's yeah, it is it is funny kind of like turning that switch on and off.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I have Coach Glasso so like right outside the door talking so loud so i'm so sorry
0: it's okay i can barely hear anything like at all and you know what that's like the time of year this is right like
1: he talks so loud um (laughs) i don't know why but yeah so if you hear someone in the background that's him that's totally fine
0: also (laughs) like he's surrounded by all of you on staff so i feel like we got to give him a little little leeway
1: (laughs) Yeah, but he has two daughters, so he's pretty used to it. Um, I think that he's probably kind of preparing himself, but um, yeah, he's in for it, definitely.
0: <laughs> in the best way, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited for him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I think it's cool, too, that you all, um, like, there's some overlap in things, but for the most part, like, slightly different periods that you have played for Washington, also, right? Like, obviously, Sammy just finished, for example. Um, and then sis and and you, and I think that's a really cool aspect too, because you can bring things from like different parts of UW history. And then obviously, you know, him and Heather have been there forever.
1: Yeah. I think that there's been just a, there's a little bit of overlap with Victoria and I, um, and then sis came in right after me. And then I think Sammy played with sis for a year,
0: maybe. you, Um,
1: Yeah. I think there's only been a little bit of overlap, which, Um, you're right. I mean, things change every year. I mean, we keep our same um, core values and whatnot, but we grow every single year. And so it's kind of cool thinking and talking and sharing about our own experiences of being here and kind of, okay, well, this is what we did when I was here. What do you, you know, kind of picking each other's brains. I think it's really cool. And um, we all got to play for, Both of these coaches. So I think that it's a very unique thing to now all of us being able to coach alongside each other.
0: Yeah. And you said it earlier the dynamic changes. You get to know them as people. It kind of reminds me of like parents or like aunts and uncles where you're like, oh, yeah, you guys are people, you know, (laughs) like not just authority figures in life as we get older. Yeah. I've definitely
1: experienced that with Vic a lot, Victoria Hayward, because we were teammates um, and. Uh, two years, three years, and and then we didn't play together for a very long time, and then AU was the first time that we kind of reconnected. So it was years later, and both of us, I think, um, had this new appreciation for each other as teammates because a lot changes after college. Oh yeah. Um, so we kind of like were able to have this like new relationship, new friendship, um, on and off the field. And then now it's so interesting to now be coaching together and you see a different side of people, you see them like kind of in a different light. And so it's really cool learning all these different things about everyone and really getting to know them, you know, um, in the office, on the field, off the field, all sorts of things. So you, you find this appreciation for them for sure.
0: Well, I'd imagine AU specifically, like you using that example, you do see that too, right? Because people are captains and there's like a little more different strategy to it and things. So you do get a little more sense of that side of people too. And then now, yeah, you're on staff together. So that's actually what a great transition for you both.
1: Yeah. And with AU, it's really cool because we do a lot of stuff off the field. Um and we get like we get into really deep combos. So you kind of just like you really get to know people and I uh, that's something that I definitely value from AU and I get to take into here just knowing uh, a deeper side of of sis Bates so of Vic. Um and then Maddie Husky's there now. I didn't I don't get to play with her. I wish I did. But yeah, it's a really cool thing. Super cool.
0: And actually, I'm super excited, by the way, about like the addition of a third assistant coach on staff, just in college softball in general. So thrilled. Obviously, it gives more room for more Huskies for you all, so that's amazing. But I don't know if everybody understands like what does a director of player development do, and like how is your role going to change now as an assistant coach? Can you explain that a little bit? Because that didn't exist when I played, right? Which is a long time ago, but... <laughs> Yeah,
1: it was actually a new thing for us last year, Um, and we are kind of trying to figure out how we can best utilize um, Director of Player Development, and what I did a lot last year is, you know, we have everything to collect data. We have everything that you can imagine, but now what do we do with these numbers? You know, the coaches are, they have a lot of different roles and jobs, and not, necessarily having the time to just get through this data and how can we implement it. And so my role was to figure out, okay, let me look at these numbers and let's figure out how to really develop everyone in different areas and then can look at video and scouting and whatnot. And I think the hardest part for me was not being able to like actually coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's actually what Help me figure out like, hey, I really want to be more hands on and get into coaching because it was so hard for me to just not not say anything when it came to the coaching side. But it definitely this role for player development, I think it does bring a lot of value um, and is going to help our program a lot. And we're very lucky that this is funded and that we get this opportunity and to be able to bring sis on is huge for us. huge.
0: Well, this is why I am so glad I asked you this question, just because we talk so much about, you're right, all the data, all the information, but it's like, yeah, but if you don't really utilize it or understand it or, you know, then what good is that really? So like to actually have that focused person looking into that, I think makes a really big difference because we see the game evolve every year, it seems, and this is playing a role in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, softball has been really growing and we're getting more of the technology and more to more of the data um, analyzed. And I think that this is definitely um, big for a program like ours, because, I mean, it could be something as simple as. Okay, well, let's get her on a bat speed program or let's get this person on this sort of program and just getting specific things for specific players um, to just help develop them and help grow them. And, you know, get them to be the best that they can be. um, It's really big. And I think it's going to be a game changer for us.
0: Absolutely. It's tailored, right? Like it's not this cookie cutter approach to everybody. And we talk about all the time in the setting of school with kids, for example, how like, yeah, it's better really if they can have a little bit more of a tailored approach with their teacher, etc. And it's like, well, that's kind of the same concept here with coaching. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, Yeah, everyone is different. Every single player is different. You can't have the same exact plan for everyone. Everyone learns different. Everyone's bodies are different. They move different. Um, and so I think that this definitely brings that aspect of it. And um, you get to, you know, have these tailored plans for everybody. It's so it's important in our game. Like, I mean, no one is the same. No one has the same, no one has the same body and you have to kind of appreciate that and find value in that and figure out how can you make each player individually the best that they can be. So then we can all be the best we can be, you know, together.
0: Yeah. And the mental side too. I will tell you in, what was it? Was it supers or regionals? It all blends together. But playing against McNeese, the seven runs in the seventh inning situation, I was like, wow, they're, they're just built different mentally. Right. And that was incredible. What was it like to actually be a part of that?
1: Oh, I, I can't even describe it. It's like, I can't even describe it. It was magical. And I can't even say that I'm like so shocked or surprised, but to see it actually like come to fruition, to see it, like it be real was so incredible for our players and our program. Um, Yeah, it was a crazy game. And, you know, it just the side of me that's human is looking into the other dugout. And like, that is that is really tough pill to swallow for McNeese. And they came out and played their butts off and performed so well. Um, And then, you know, I, of course, I'm so proud of our girls or for our women to not have given up and to kind of just like figure it out. Things were definitely not going our way. And, um, and then they started to, and we grew on that. And that doesn't just come overnight, you know, that starts now in the summer, that starts in the fall when we're grinding and you figure out how to play together and what each other needs. So it was really, really cool to just see it all come together.
0: I've, I've said this on the show before, but I really want to tell you because you would appreciate this. Um, especially is I was on the phone with my dad while watching that game. We were just chatting and, um, you know, UW was down by six, right? Like at the end. And uh, he was like, you know, though, I forget who was up to bat. It could have been Sammy. It could have been somebody else. I can't remember. But one of the veterans on the team. He was like, you know, I feel like every time you ever played against them or every time I've watched them play, though, like they never have any fear in their eyes when they're up to bat. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right, dad. Like, that's true. I, in my head, I was also like, that's quite a mountain they have to climb right now, <laughs> you know, but you're right. That's true. And then it's not even like he was trying to predict it. He was just pointing out something that felt like a core part of the UW program, you know?
1: Yeah, I love that. And I kind of like saw that feedback on Twitter. Um, I forgot. I think it was Haley Cruz that posted something like none of us are surprised by the Huskies. We've all been here. And I, 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 honestly didn't even realize that that was like a reputation or an idea that people had of us. Um, so that was really cool to see. It was just that, that we don't give up. And it was cool to hear, um, because that's kind of been our mindset and, you know, in the box, it's kind of one of those things of like, bring it, like, bring it, let's do it. And to take that mindset and for people to be able to feel that, I think that that's a, a special thing for a program for sure.
0: I mean, to be associated with never giving up, that's one of the best things that you know people could think of Absolutely. when they think of you. Yeah, that's that's what you want.
1: I'm so I was so happy and proud of our women to be able to um, just, f- f- I guess, feel what it what it's like to for it to all happen like that. I don't know. It was really special. So that was awesome.
0: I, and then obviously you went to the World Series and like that was incredibly special. I went and I got to see, um, well, obviously Stanford, but I was, you know, especially excited for the Pac-12 teams, of course, that were there, um, including UW. And that's really special. But I felt like that moment earlier in the tournament was really just represented kind of the journey as a whole or like how you even got to the World Series in the end, if that makes sense. So while it was like super special to see you all play there, it felt like, okay, but this is this is the how, you know, this is one of the reasons and one of the ways that they got there.
1: Yeah. I think that that's the, the process is really important and the process never stops, but the story behind things is, is really important and how you got there. And like we talked about earlier, it just gives you that different appreciation because if it was easy, easy peasy, may not, may not appreciate it as much. So I think it gave us a, a different appreciation and, um, definitely brought people closer together. I would say,
0: I would, yeah, I could see that. I mean, how could it not? In a lot of ways, I mean, it reminds me of *A League of Their Own*, which it's funny because I feel like most softball players, if you ask, like, "Hey, what's your favorite movie?" like that's on the list somewhere automatically. Exactly. Yeah, it has to be right. Um, we should get more movies with women playing bat and ball sports, but it's an automatic. Um, but when Tom Hanks says, like, you know, if it wasn't hard, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Like the heart is what makes it great. So, and it's very true.
1: Yeah, as long as you find that appreciation. And um, I totally agree. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I can definitely see the family aspect too within the UW community. But you said it too. Like that's something that you look for. And I feel like I've seen that again from the outside perspective. So I can only imagine how that feels when you're a part of it with AU. Um, even some of like the bandits folks that I've talked to, like obviously Lauren Lappin, right. Was a coach and you know, she's a Stanford alum. And so I love chatting with her about it and things like that, but so many good relationships. And it seems like that started though, with like your core family, your immediate family and that it's been a part of your life.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I have always been very, very close with my family and I wouldn't say like, You know, we don't have like a family that gets together all the time, but I have a really special relationship with my parents. And I was lucky enough to have a very, very unique, special relationship with my dad. And that's something that I have always valued and held close to my heart. And so, coming to UW, it was my dad and I. And um, that was my first trip. And he loved it here. Like, we landed and we were just like, whoa, it's so green, it's beautiful. And I know that he felt really welcomed by Coach Tar, Glass, um, Taylor Smith, who was, I think, a freshman or sophomore at the time. She would have been a freshman, I think, because this was before the World Series. Yeah, so um she totally won us over won my dad over and to this day we talk about the conversations cuz he whispered to her she's coming here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay um and i think f- from that point on it just like it felt like family and i i talked about this little like story before but um coach star has really taken care of me and she's always made sure that um that I, that I was taken care of off the field, not um, not just on the field, and she had a really special relationship with my dad as well. And when he got sick, I brought him up here, and you know he he was only up here for two months before he passed. But Coach Tar was um, besides me, Gregory, and Gregory's dad was the last person to see him. So one of like that is to me that says everything. And those are the things that I will never, ever take for granted. I'll never forget. And I'll always appreciate. So definitely, like, I just feel like I'm in the right place. Um, and, and that's the things that uh, you, can't, you can't find everywhere. And, you know, in this life, that's what I want is the people around me that support me, love me and vice versa. That. Sorry, I don't want to get like too deep, but no. th- it's just those are, the, those are the intangibles that, you know, you don't find in many people in many places. And I'm just so fortunate to be in a place
0: like that. A lot of the stuff that matters the most is deep, you know, and I, it, it's true. And I think you're a great example of that, actually. And the story that Athletes Unlimited did recently on your dad and your son, who's named after him was so beautiful too. like, I loved reading it. And it, you've been very, I think, inspirational for a lot of people in a lot of different ways and your whole family. Like I remember I said, like Coach Tar was kind of tweeting about you. I remember her saying, I love this family. Like it wasn't even just you, it was your family as a whole.
1: Yeah, um, uh, first of all, AU, um, Savannah Collins wrote that. She did such an incredible job and she spent a lot of time just getting to know my story and we cried together and all sorts of stuff. And the video that came out um, was absolutely incredible. So I'm just happy that um, I've had people to support me through the journey and even telling my story. Um, sometimes it's like hard for me to tell it myself, but you know, for. To have amazing people to want to help me share it because I know it is relatable for a lot of people. There have been uh, many people that have reached out, and you know, it's a crappy, a crappy thing to be in this group where you can relate to to these kind of things, you know, of loss. But it's also a really special thing. So I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to be able to use my platform um, to be able to share real things.
0: Yeah, because it is a very real thing. Exactly, it's not. An awesome thing to have to go through, but it is nice to have people to do it with, but it's just very real, very mm-hmm. real.
1: It's life, yeah it's yeah. life and is it's not an easy journey and we all go through things and so to be able to you know be vulnerable and share those things and be real about it um, means a lot for me and hopefully others.
0: I've seen you post a lot about the significance of the butterfly also. Mm. And that's related to your family as well, right?
1: Yeah. So my dad and I, um, our song is Butterfly Kisses by Bob Carlisle. So I can't say that like in my life, I would look at butterflies and think of that, but that was always our song. And then just like, it's so crazy. I'm always seeing butterflies now. And I, I swear I could like count on on two hands, how many butterflies I've seen in my life. And maybe I just didn't notice them, but now it's so significant and it's so meaningful when, you know, people text me or call me or send me videos of like, Hey, these butterflies were just in the batting cages and thinking of you. Like those things mean so much because I think we all, you know, if, if you've experienced loss, one of the things is that sometimes you feel like people forgot about this person, especially if you're close with them. Um, And so to be reminded that he still remembered, like, is so special to me. And like, I just, I love that so much. So people have been so great with the butterflies and I got a necklace and earrings and people are sending me stuff. And those are the things that like, I am so, so grateful for.
0: That's really, really nice. That's really sweet. And you're so right about loss. Like in that, I, haven't experienced exactly what you've experienced, but losing just other people in life, you're totally right. It's like, you're like, well, I haven't forgotten about this. I'm never going to forget about this. So when other people remember, it's it could be the smallest thing, but it is so meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that you've you've had that support. I mean, again, it's like this support that you felt on the field. It's like almost like tenfold, it seems, off the field, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, and, and it goes back to where what I said earlier is like, I know that, um, these friendships and relationships that I have with my teammates go far beyond the field. And so that's not something that I feel like, um, I like, there's not going to be a hole there because they're there. And, um, that's definitely like, of course I'm going to miss being on the field with them, but the relationships off the field are so, so much more important.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It's never going to go away. It's like almost, it's funny with teammates too. It's like, even if you wanted it to, not that anyone does, but even if you wanted it to go away, it's just so spe- There's nothing quite like it that it's not going to.
1: No, it's, it's, I was talking about it the other day. It's such a special thing to be with all of these women, to be competing for one thing, like working so hard together day in and day out, especially in college. Um, you're with each other all the time grinding and you are working towards this one goal. And when in life after this, do you have that? Like, it's so unique. And so you share this forever with these teammates, whether you're best friends with them, whether you talk randomly, whether you may not talk to them, you know, maybe you see them at alumni weekend, but you all share this very, very special, unique experience with each other that you probably won't ever get again in your life. And I think that's what makes it so unique.
0: They see every part of you. You see every part of them, like good, the bad, every single day. You know, like they start to know you so well. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there were some people I hadn't seen in years that came out to the World Series, for example, and it was, it was just still special. It's like it was like no time had passed. A lot of time had passed, but it felt like none at the same time. It was just so hard to describe. But I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah, I think it's cool to see see people that you um, like weren't very close with in college. And then you get to reconnect with them and you kind of like find a new appreciation for them. I I don't know. Or like get to build like a different relationship with them outside of college. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that a lot. Um, you know, people, I, I should have probably gotten to know better. And then, you know, post-college you, you, you see each other and then you have these like deeper conversations and you're like, wait a second why didn't, why didn't we get this deep in college? You know, you're just, but you're just more grown up and you're not kids anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's a, um, that's a unique experience in itself and how fun to see them at the world series. That's special.
0: <laughs> so cool. I mean like the best and it had been a while for us, right. For like the Stanford alumni base. So it was the best. I can only imagine what it was like to be there with, you know, on the field with Washington too, in so many different ways. It's Yeah. There's nothing quite like it.
1: We felt your guys's presence. Let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, everyone <laughs> was excited.
1: You yeah, you guys put up. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate it.
0: I I just love seeing that. Honestly, from all the the teams too, like it. It really is just the environment in Oklahoma City is so unique and special.
1: Yeah, it was. It was uh, crazy. This. See, this uh, last season, I just think the fact that it's been growing so much, and I don't know. I mean, the last time I was there was 2013, so it had changed a lot. But wow, it was just incredible to be able to be on the field and like just looking around, see how many people were there, how vibrant it was, and just how loud it was was so special for our sport. Yeah, whatever color that they were wearing, whoever they were rooting for, I agree. It didn't it was just really a cool experience.
0: Totally. It's like people care and are invested this much. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, I think before going into our our wrap up, because um, I guess I have to do that eventually with you. Um, But I, I also think it's cool because your dad was a football coach, right? So he was in coaching as well. And now you're into coaching, but it seems like you also kind of had your own calling. It feels like based on how you described like you were really itching to coach this last season, for example. So it seems like a really cool way. I mean, you tell, I would love to hear how you feel about this, but it seems like you have that connection with him, but you also have your own connection. And that seems like a very strong thing.
1: Yeah. I grew up with him coaching and um, being on the field with him. And so, I mean, of course, like that's kind of always what I saw and, he after college, he kept telling me, hey, I see you coaching alongside Coach Tar. Like, why don't you coach at UW? And, and I was like, oh, like maybe someday. Not right now. No, no, no. And then I got a little um, I did a little a stint with Northwestern for a season. And that was really fun. And then I continued my playing career and whatnot. And it still felt like mm, I don't know if coaching is in my near future. And then last year when my dad got sick, before Coach Tar even knew he was sick, she called me. And she was like, hey, you know, we're opening up this player development position. I think that this could be something you'd be really great at. And I was like, you know what? It's really weird that you say that because I just moved my dad up here. And um, so I, I'm definitely going to be in the area in close proximity. And I think that that would be really good for me. So I was able to bring him to some practices, you know, sometimes when he would be doing chemo or have an appointment, I can go over to practice. And they were very, very flexible with me and my schedule. And I ended up just having to take care of my dad um, during the fall and um, during like the holidays and stuff. So I was kind of MIA from UW for a bit, but I knew that they would be understanding of that. And so it was just so interesting that he did get to see me like at practices and stuff, um, and then you know this position opened up, and it just like felt so right, and it's really cool. Just I don't know the timing of it is crazy, and I know it's him. Like I know that him and God like just led me to this, and this is where I am supposed to be. So it to me it's. I don't take it lightly and I know that I'm making him so proud and without like, you know, I don't want to get emotional or get too deep with it, but it is a really special thing because I, I want to continue his legacy and what he's known for as a coach is just caring for his people, caring for his players. And, um, I want to continue that. I want to be that person. And that's who coach Tar has been for me as well. So I don't know. I have a lot of great examples, uh, uh, just great humans in my life that have, I don't know, kind of led me here and that I have learned from. So that's where I am with the coaching aspect of it. It's just so interesting, the timing of things. And I don't think everything, anything happens by coincidence. So I'm here and I'm, I'm glad to be here.
0: Yes. I've heard you say a few times now that you feel like this is where you're meant to be or like something in the past, you're like, yes, that's where I was meant to be at the time. And this is where you're meant to be now. And I think that's really, that's really special too to feel that because not, I don't know if we always appreciate it in the moment, you know, when that's the case. And it seems like you do, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. A lot of times we can look back and and find appreciation for it, but right now I'm a hundred percent. I know that this is this is the place. This is it. And it gives me a sense of comfort. And it's hard to find that sometimes, you know, comfort in tragedy. And I really try and search for it. And it's definitely a comforting thing um, to know that this is all happening and that um, I know, I believe that He can see what's happening and that He's watching over me and, and guiding me through this. And like I said, I've had great examples. So I know that I'll be guided. Um, you know, as a technically a first year coach, as an assistant coach, um, there's a lot to learn. But I'm confident that I'm bringing the the human side of it, and I, I think that's the biggest part.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to to watch you this coming school year season, and just what you do from here on out, because you're far from done. You got a lot ahead of you, and I'm super excited to see it.
1: Thank you, Jenna. I appreciate it. I have no idea what the future holds, but I'm really Really excited to see, um, just I don't know what's to come, and I'm super excited to be part of U Dub and this staff, and um, and to have opportunities like this with you. So I don't because I don't know if if we would have been able to really connect otherwise. So I appreciate you doing this and what you do for our sport and um, growing our game.
0: I appreciate that, and I appreciate you too. That's one of my favorite parts of this actually is getting to to kind of build these connections and. I don't know. It's, I know it's one of your favorite parts, too, of the whole sport. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely. <laughs> this will not be the last time we talk. That's for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I will wrap it up for now, like I said. And everybody that comes on the show, I play a little game with them. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Safer Out. <laughs> it's easy. Okay. Don't worry. So I'll, okay. I'll bring something up. If you like it, if you agree with it, you call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you call it out. Okay, Yeah. You're just the umpire basically, right? Okay. Okay. That's the hardest job. Okay. I know it is. That's true. I I always make it seem easy, but you're right. That is the hardest job, but okay. So first one is wearing glasses while playing safe or out safe. Well, I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear your explanation because I know that you do that
1: safe, but I would wear contacts if I could, they're just really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But when it's raining,
0: out right, well, <laughs> so
1: oh, yeah. I'm like I have like little windshield wipers, so um, yeah, so it's uh, sometimes they like fog up too, but it's fine, it's fine,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I always forget about that. I've knock on wood, maybe after this, I'll need to get an eye test and have to get glasses, who knows? But <laughs> I haven't had to wear glasses in life, but it's so true, even like with sunglasses. Sometimes when I've worn them during games, you know, it can get like sweaty, and so I can't imagine. Yeah, when ones. it's
1: cold outside and like you're hot and you're or you're sweating and they start like fogging up right here. It's happened like in the middle of an at bat, and I'm like,
0: "Time, please, 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 <laughs> like please <laughs> say <us>. yes." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna say safe. Yeah, well, because you want to be able to see the rest of the time, which is fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's important. So safe. Yeah. Okay, that was the first one. Second okay. one is nil. Safer out. Safe.
1: Okay. But more regulation. Um more regulation on the Title IX side mm. for female athletes. Um, I think it's a little bit lopsided right now, and we need to find some more policies to make sure that the women are protected in this.
0: Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So the last yeah. so we're
1: gonna say safe, but we need some progress and growth. It's just very new.
0: Yeah. Well, no, of we course. It's supported. Yeah. I just think that's interesting because people have said similarly, just yeah, I, I like the idea, but we need to have more structure, which I think is totally a fair point, and I would agree. But for you to specifically mention like the Title Nine piece and having that reflect more in the policies, that's an interesting point for sure.
1: Well, I don't think I would have known that side of it without, um, knowing some of the statistics from the women's sports foundation that they've shared. Mm. And so that's kind of a piece, that's kind of something that they're fighting for. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, I don't know, a a great piece of it. And so hopefully that we get some, some good stuff for title nine for our women.
0: Yeah. Shout out to the WSF because we support them
1: shout out absolutely love (laughs) them so much appreciate them
0: yes okay cool that was the second one last one is bat flips safer out out sorry you don't say Uh, sorry (laughs)
1: maybe not like maybe like subtle bat flips but like maybe depending on the situation if it's like huge game winner okay but other than that probably out Mm. it's just not my style. Other people can do it, but I'm not going to do it.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, I tend to align with that too. am like, I don't know if I ever, I've also had people say, and I agree. I'm like, I don't know if I ever hit a ball like that far where I was like, yes, I for sure know this is going out, you know, to where I'm like, yeah, I'm comfortable just doing this. It would be so embarrassing, you know, for it not to anyway, let alone like, yeah, just stylistically.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, some people can do it. Yeah. Depends on.
0: Like we said earlier, everyone's different. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you again, Courtney. This was great. I really appreciate it. So excited to see you guys this season and everything else that you're going to do. But this is really nice to get to connect right now in the summer.
1: I had a great time. Thank
0: you, Jenna. There are a lot of things that Courtney said that resonated with me. And it was just one of those conversations that felt really good because it felt real. We talked about that a little bit, actually, after we stopped recording, and it meant a lot to me that she felt that way, too, because that is really the goal. You know, that's what I want this show to be about, not just for me, not just for all of you listening, but also for the guests, too. So with that, let's transition to the Foul Tip of the Week. This week's Foul Tip is about accepting help. One of the things that stood out to me with Courtney is the support that she's had over the years. She talked about her teammates and Athletes Unlimited – her college coach, now boss, Heather Tar, her family as well, right? And it just makes me happy when people have that kind of support because we all need help sometimes. That's just life. And some people don't always get the help that they need. And that's something that we need to continue to work on just as humans and as a society. But there are also times when help is available. But why is it that it's still so hard for us to let other people help us in those moments. You know, Courtney let her AU teammates babysit her son. She let Coach Tar take care of her when times were tough. She had to be strong enough to be vulnerable enough to accept that. And it's big and small things, you know. It's like accepting compliments, accepting love, accepting help. These things can be trickier than we think. And while I'm definitely not recommending, you know, codependency by any means – I am recommending that we let our community and our people in. And this is a reminder for myself as much, if not more, for, than anyone else tuning in. So that's it. Accept help. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including believe.com and YouTube too. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review for it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter at Jenna Becerra01 and Instagram at Jenna Becerra as well. Thank you for tuning in and catch you soon.